The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your guest host today, Callie Zamzo. I'm filling in for Nolan Guthrie, who is on special assignment today. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, this is a pre-recorded show, so we aren't taking any phone calls today. But if you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us at zamzos.com or on social media uh, via Facebook or Instagram. So I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, it's lawn care, but it's specifically the heat of the summer our lawns have a tendency to kind of go south on us and then we have to figure out how to bring them back to life again in the fall. And so I'm very excited about this. Um, and it's the number one set of questions that we get right now are lawn care things. Um, so I want to introduce our special guest, but I wanna back up for a second and just say that I get a lot of questions about lawns from friends. And I, most of them I can answer, but when I cannot answer them, and I should add, and I can't get a hold of my dad, the person that I call is our special guest today. So please welcome Nolan Guthrie. <laughs> what a great intro. Well, that was fantastic. I'm so excited to have you here today. This is yeah. such a fun little reversal of roles. Yeah, no, I dig it. I was really excited when you brought the idea up to me to just kind of flip-flop it. It's yeah. fantastic. Turn it on its ear. Yeah, it's been a be long time since I've been the one being asked the questions on the radio show. Yeah. So. Well, I hope it works out, and if yeah, not, please fill in be... and tell me how I mess up. You're off to a great start. <laughs> Thank so, you. Thank you. All right, well, so let's let's get right into this here. I One of the biggest things that I find when people are asking me questions is, in general, why is it so hard to grow a lawn or to keep a lawn looking super pretty in the Treasure Valley? Like, what is the yeah. deal? Yeah, <laughs> no, it, that that is a great question. It is one that comes that definitely comes up a lot. I often think about uh, when someone kind of brings that up to me. What I tend to go back to is uh, growing up. Now, I didn't realize when I when I grew up in Portland, I didn't really pay attention to it at the time. Uh, but what I later realized was that um, there's a cultural difference in how people take care of lawns in Portland. At least there was when I was growing up. Um, it's probably changed some, but for the most part, uh, there still there wasn't a lot of uh, pressurized irrigation. 
most houses had no irrigation, actually. Uh, I think, actually, my dad was the first person I remember ever installing a sprinkler system. Mm. Um, and that was, I, I don't know, I was probably in grade school, junior high, when he made me dig that trench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, even the houses I lived in after that, none of them had any irrigation. So in the summer, uh, when you drove around Portland, Gresham area, the lawns were brown. And in Portland, it's very different because they don't have, you know, they get hot temperatures, but it's for a very short time. And so just culturally, we they just, they, they didn't do much to their lawn in the summer. My dad still made me mow. Uh, <laughs> Darn <laughs> much it. to my chagrin. I never got out of that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they they didn't they didn't do anything. The, the lawn was watered by the the rain that we got, and if there wasn't rain, the lawn didn't get watered, and sometimes it turned kind of brown and didn't look very good. But it was acceptable uh, for people because that's what everybody there wasn't. You know, there, every now and then you had you know the guy who always wanted to have the the green lawn, and that would happen. So what uh, as I you know got more schooling, uh, <laughs> as it were. Uh, what I started to differentiate was the differences in types of lawn that we have. So in Idaho, we're still very much considered the Pacific Northwest, but we're also a high desert. So we're very different than the Willamette Valley. Um, but we're not the South either. And there's different types of grasses that people grow for their lawns in those different regions. So in the South, uh, you have the majority of days are hot uh, or warmer temperatures. And you have very little time of very cold temperatures. So they grow a warm season grass that likes to be above like 70 degrees uh, soil temp. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, we grow cool season grasses, which don't want to be above 80 degrees typically. So we are unique in Idaho in the Treasure Valley in that we're, we, we have a pretty extended heat time, but not enough to where we would swap all our grass out for that warm season grass because then we'd only have about three maybe four months of a green lawn and we have the other end of it where we only have about six months of green lawn when it comes to a cool season grass so mm -hmm. we just have this really weird climate it's not weird it's what we have but it's, <laughs> it's normal for it's, us yeah it's normal <laughs> uh but it is something that uh we don't we don't think about that the the cooler season grasses don't like the heat but that's what we have uh some some months of the year so i think that's our biggest kind of barrier when it comes to keeping a lawn really good is that it's our you know in really good shape in those hottest parts of the month, that's when cool season grasses don't like to be around. And are they, they want to really slow down. They, they switch gears. And so they can go into dormancy. The problem is that we have an extended time of heat. And uh, so we have to do a little bit more than we, they would in other areas. Like in Portland, you, know, you can let it go for a couple weeks being brown. As soon as the rains come back, it's gonna be fine. But if we don't water our lawns for three months, a lot of it's gonna die and you're gonna have to get it back into shape. You're gonna have to right. reseed it or do whatever. And, and conversely, if you have a warm season grass, you have a very ugly brown looking <laughs> dormant lawn for most of the year. Uh, and you're only gonna have a green grass for a couple months. Um, so that's, I think that's really the biggest thing. The other thing I've realized too, is that we have bugs unlike, 
the Willamette Valley. There are some bugs there, like there's a little bit more crane fly, but they don't typically have like bill bug issues and chinch bug issues like we do. Um, and so that's the other thing. If you let your lawn go dormant here and you get a grub, you're not going to know that it's killed half of your lawn or more, probably entire thing, until uh, September. You know, if you were to just let it go dormant, let it naturally come back to green, uh, it would be lights out. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that makes sense. I think that's our biggest. I think that's our biggest issue. Is is that's the 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 biggest thing we struggle with when it comes to keeping the lawn looking really good all the time. And then I guess you know the other thing I've learned a lot too is you know from your dad and just working here at Zamzos, like our soils are dif- are difficult. Oh yeah. I mean, yes. how you know? It's I'm sure you've heard. Well, you've 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 lived, <laughs> you've lived hearing uh, your dad probably talk about the soils, and and that's I, mean, I I admire that you know that you the Zamzo as a fa- Zamzos as a family has you know worked to try to improve that. It's, well, and it's I think a lot of times we talk about the Treasure Valley, and when we talk about soil types, if somebody has a problem in Cuna. Mm-hmm. It's a different problem than right. if they have a problem in the foothills, you know, right. it's, it's a, you know, or so. in the, uh, an eagle, uh, yes. you know, is even, you know, is near also the, near the different, river, completely right? different set of uh, issues. There. Yeah. And in the, yeah. And the, so, and so there's a drastic soil difference between those areas. And it's not even like there's like a good place where it like transitions, <laughs> you know, there's never a place where it's like, oh, this is the perfect combination of those things. No, it's either completely sandy or completely clay and that's a ve- also a very stark contrast to something like the Willamette Valley in Portland and Gresham area like the soil there is just really good uh, yeah <laughs> all over the place so yes. you don't you don't have to put as much work into it um and so yeah I think you know it's it's always it's always difficult but there's ways to get around that so yeah well, I want to get into that. I want to get into how we can fix that, and I'm very excited about the next few segments. We do have to go to a break here. Um, this is Callie Zamzo, the uh, guest host. I'm here with Nolan Guthrie, <laughs> and uh, we're talking about lawns. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and if you love houseplants, you're going to love our new fertilizer product called Houseplant Magic from Zamzo's. Even if you have a brown thumb and can't grow anything, Zamzo's Houseplant Magic will work magic on your plants. Even older, lanky houseplants will see fresh new growth and fill in nicely. And Zamzo's Houseplant Magic is affordable, made locally, and easy to apply. Just mix one tablespoon into one gallon of water and give each plant a drink every two weeks. You don't need much because Houseplant Magic has a gentle nutrient delivery system similar to what plants encounter in tropical soils, so they feel right at home. And if you're a fan of houseplants, we just received one of our largest shipments of houseplants ever. So if you're looking for something new or different to add to your houseplant collection, we just got it. So come see us now at any of our 13 Zamzos, and don't forget to pick up some Zamzos Houseplant Magic and find out for yourself why it truly is magic. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Okay, we're back for section two or segment two of the Zamzos Radio Show Garden Show. Boy, I'm great host so far. Uh, <laughs> this is Callie Zamzo. I'm the guest host today, doing a great job. And I'm here with a guest of honor, um, Nolan Guthrie. 
we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about lawns today. Uh, this is a pre-recorded show, so I uh, can't call in and ask your questions, but please reach out to us on social media and our website, zamzos.com. So, Nolan, when we finished the last segment, we were talking a little bit about the actual soils themselves yeah. and how that affects how the lawn grows. Yeah. So can you help us understand a little bit, I guess partially maybe what can be done in the heat right now and yeah. what can be done as we move into fall to help yeah. repair and recover? Yeah. Well, um, I think humigreen is uh, easily like probably the most ingenious thing, you know, we, we have as far as a lawn product, right? Because it, it accomplishes so many different things in the lawn without causing tons of growth, which is something you don't really want to cause. Like, remember, if we think about our lawns in the summer, the cool season grasses, they want to slow down. They want to be kind of in a, a dormancy period because it's a stressful time for them. So that's why Humigreen is such an amazing product because it doesn't have a whole bunch of nitrogen. It's not making the grass grow. It's just giving it everything it needs to stay green in the summer. Uh, so that's, you know, I, I could, we could, we have done an entire show about humor <laughs> green, have. I think. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it because you can be willy nilly. It's one of the long yeah. programs that I'm so willy nilly when I put it on. Yeah. It goes into the flower beds and I don't care because I know it's going to help the flowers. Yeah. And I just, I love the product because it's easy. Yeah. It's really it, easy. It can go on everything. I mean, if you're not, you know, put it on your house plants. Yes. <laughs> you know, absolutely. It's, and it's, the dog can follow behind me and walk yeah. right through it and it's, you don't have to worry about right. anything. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, I think humor green might be the reason I don't wear white socks anymore <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> i switched to black socks exclusively That's um but yeah i think i think human green is is one of the biggest things and then i think the other thing uh and we've talked a lot about this over the last few years um and i'm sure we will continue to talk about it but how we water is another uh you know really it's a it's a different it's a different thing it's hard to get out of the mindset that you have to water every day and, and and we've talked a lot about that, so we don't have to get into that one today, but humor, you know, watering is a big deal. I think humor green is the best thing. Now, when it comes to, like, at the end of the summer, when it gets into, you know, we're, we're cooling down, uh, I think, again, because we remember that the, the summer heat is the time where it doesn't want to do stuff, as the temperatures cool down, the grass enters a time where, again, it wants to do stuff. It wants to start growing. It wants to start doing a lot of things. And that's in preparation for preparing for winter when it's going to be semi-dormant through those really cold months. So um, uh, I think step four has often been kind of a misunderstood or um, forgotten application. Mm, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to like the lawn program and just, you know, we tend to, I think a lot of times with Humigreen, you know, the lawn looks so good, we just kind of forget about it. You know, yeah. it's, uh, there's really no reason to do anything again. You get to the end of the season and you're kind of sick of all of it. <laughs> yeah. <it's> not, <laughs> just, I, I, I have to do this again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think uh, a, a late summer, early fall, application before the final application is really important and again it's you know just why the lawn program is so great is because like it's built in and you know I probably would have been a person who uh, at some point in my career although most of my career has been with Samso's <laughs> at this point uh, but you know coming out of school and in and doing those things uh, you know if you one of our instructors was a uh, uh, a golf uh what are the guys who take care of the greenskeeper yeah, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. was a greenskeeper and um 
know, he fertilized, you know, probably six to eight times a year. Mm. I mean, they, they keep feeding the lawn and, uh, and they also reseed multiple times a year. And we can get into that too in a minute. But I think that, that mid, the late summer application of lawn food is very important because the lawn needs something to feed off of. Lawn is a, grass is a heavy feeder. It wants to keep growing. It's growing constantly and that application of lawn food i think is really important it's still it's a lower amount it's a maintenance dose um or yeah so it's it's just maintaining the lawn and it really gets the the grass back to where it wants to be because that late summer that cooler temperature is when the grass wants to grow again and it needs something to eat then so that makes sense so i think that's a really good one and then you know adding human green on top of that uh doing both now you're doing something that's even more amazing because you're you're getting lawn food and human green so you're just completing like you know getting this more complete vitamin mineral package and uh again with more water holding capacity and you're improving the soil like that's a a knockout combination so you're saying so step three is human green you're saying with step four do human green again i yeah absolutely i mean I always think about, you know, people on the listening probably aren't going to know who I'm talking about, but the guy who ran the company for uh, a long time or was a big part of the company for a long time, Ken Kirkbride, uh, he put Humagreen down all the time. With uh, every step. With every yeah. step. It was, you know, more Humagreen than not is going to just keep improving the soil. And really, uh, and this is the other, one of the other things I always admired about Zamzos was when I started, like, the goal is to get to the point, get the soil to the point where you don't have to keep putting fertilizer on right. all the time. Like that's not how we should be taking care of things. If the soil's good and the watering's good, you should need very little fertilization. Uh, and but that takes improving the soil to a point where it's sustaining. And that's humigrain. That's that's yeah. what that does is improve the soil. Absolutely. And- um, so yeah, I think I think step four um, and. Add, add adding another bag of humigreen is a huge deal for just the longevity and, and recovery of the lawn and the preparation for fall. And then we get into step five. You know, the recharger um, is a is a big one. And if you think of it, like if you didn't do step four, uh, the last time the lawn was truly fed a fertilizer was uh, you know April May. So now you've gone May, you know, June, July, August, September, October. That's almost what is that? Five months mm-hmm. without feeding the lawn. The the soil is just depleted. It's already depleted, just because it it is around here. Um, so you get to that last feeding. That recharger is only filling up the tank a little bit, and it's got to use that for the next couple of months. And the recharger realistically is not even the last feeding of the year it's technically just by the way of the 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 way the 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 formulation works it's it's actually kind of the first feeding the following spring so you your lawn's really depleted by the end of the year and if it's got to go through all that because of the phosphorus and potassium takes so much longer to get down into the soil where the grass can use it uh you know if you're not getting step four down you're really setting your lawn back uh, to really have what it needs to get through the winter and then come back in fall or in spring, excuse me. So in the, so we put on step five and you're saying, so it takes time. It's breaking down. 
over yeah, the winter. And right. So it really isn't being used until spring, like when things start to warm back exactly, up. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not even just that it takes it takes time to break down, but phosphorus potassium moves so slowly in the soil. So by the time it moves down into the soil where the roots can actually take it in, it's usually about two to three months later. Uh, so it, you, it's, it needs that time to one, break down and move into the soil. And then the grass uses most of that. It grows most of its root mass in the spring. As soon as it wakes up, it's using, it's take, it wants that phosphorus potassium so it can grow its roots down. Mm. Uh, so that's why step five is important because it helps with step one step you know as it begins as the lawn really starts to get growing but step four is important because it's kind of the last thing your lawn's going to get before winter so uh the timing of it is very interesting absolutely okay well we've got to go to break (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back in a moment the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk kboi Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and if you do the food shopping for your family like I do, you've probably noticed that the price of everything, even dog food, has gone up. That's especially true of national brand dog foods, where some are over $80 a bag. Well, that's exactly the reason Zamzo's developed our own line of dog foods, so we could control the quality and keep our prices reasonable. At Zamzo's, we have 90 years of experience formulating top quality animal feeds. Our new Fundamentals line is a great example of experience at work. You see, a good dog food doesn't have to have expensive ingredients. It needs quality fundamental ingredients that dogs love, but at a price that makes sense. Plus, in Fundamentals, there's no corn, no wheat, no soy, which means no allergies. And three formulas to choose from, chicken, turkey, and whitefish. Remember, our best dog foods are in the Grandma Z's Super Premium line. But for a premium pet food at a super price, try our new Fundamentals line of dog foods from Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including State Street across from the golf course. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. And we're back for section th- section three. I keep saying section three. I'm glad okay. you I'm no, glad you do this on a regular basis. I'm not as good as you are. Well, it's all about practice, right? I, I guess so. Yeah, guess so. section. You can have section three. I say right. part three. All right, whatever. part three. You don't of have the to be Zamzo's mean. Garden Show. Uh, I'm Callie Zamzo. I'm guest hosting today, and I'm interviewing Nolan Guthrie. So we're kind of turning everything on its ear. I I just want to jump in and just say I really enjoy this. I I like talking to Callie like all the time anyway. So getting the chance to talk i don't i have i was i'm just kind of realizing like i i guess i do this all the time you know as the host for the live show Mm -hmm. and whatever but i don't i don't usually talk this much so (laughs) i apologize if i'm no rambling but i I think it's fantastic uh, to get you because ordinarily i think you're thinking about a lot of other i'm now learning you're having to think about a lot of other things when you're hosting (laughs) um and now you get to just you know spiel your your good information so um anyway we're really glad that you're here and um we're this is a pre-recorded show so i uh, can't call in today but you can certainly send your questions uh get to us online at zamzos.com or on social media facebook or instagram um so please do reach out if you have questions um okay so we just talked about in the last segment about kind of getting that soil up to speed yeah. i get so many questions and i'm sure that you do too about thatching and aeration. Yeah. So can you get into that a little bit and help us understand, number one, I guess sometimes people don't even know the difference. Sure. And when you do, you know, which one yeah. and, and how to do it right. Because I think a lot of people will do it, but they don't, they don't 
take it to the extent that yeah. it actually helps their soil as much yeah. as you want it to. So, uh, n- yeah, it is a it is one. I think yeah, thatching and aeration is yeah, are probably like one of the like topics that I get asked about a lot mm-hmm. and like over the over the course of a year um like I almost have uh you ever watched the IT crowd no no okay well there was there's always the joke that is uh, when there's a computer problem and you turn it on and off again you know so you just <laughs> right. it's just copy and paste like but I always like talking about it which is strange because like I I like to talk about that subject a lot partly because I feel like I'm kind of a, I don't want to say like a rebel but like I really like going against the grain of what uh, a lot of other people say that, that's a rebel just so yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but I think um there's a there's a I, there's a lot of uh, talk about like aeration should always be done at this time of year and thatching should always be done at this time of year, and you know and and and, and if you read 15 different articles, you get 15 different answers. Yeah, that's true. I think a lot of for a, and that goes for a lot of things too. But uh, a guy I knew said, "Well, just just read one thing <laughs> from now on." <laughs> uh, but. Uh, basically, I guess the what I kind of came to realize is like, you know what? It actually doesn't matter which one you do at which time. I think it matters most which one's going to do the most good right now. Uh. So f- for aeration, what aeration is meant to do, uh, it does relieve compaction. But just the act of aerating actually is more about gas exchange in the soil. That's actually what its benefit is to a, a, a soil or a grass or a lawn or really any any place you're going to do it. It's the gas exchange. It's the exchange of carbon dioxide and oxygen in the soil that's built up over time because that was something I was kind of blown away with. Like carbon dioxide builds up in the soil uh, a lot. Hmm. Um, and so it's actually that exchange that is a big deal. Um, but what the added benefit to aeration is that it um, it relieves compaction. But what we tend to do a lot of times, we do the aeration, we get the soil, ex- we get the gas exchange, we get a little bit of relief from compaction. Uh, but if we don't do anything else, the soil goes back to exactly what it was. And the reason I still like it, like I've, I talk to Chris Owings about this all the time because he, you know, just humigrain, never worry about aeration. And I'm like I, I'm on board with that. I still like the act of aeration. I think you can accomplish a little bit more, a little bit faster with actually doing the aeration. And it's, again, it's my opinion, but that's just what I've found to work. So if you don't do some sort of top dressing with your aeration, then you're kind of wasting your time almost. So you have to put something, once you pull up all the cores, um, you have to put something down with that to fill those holes in because that fills those holes in or it gets in there and now you've done something very drastic to the soil and you've increased soil complexity and structure and uh, the soil benefits from that just greatly. Um, So like an extra bag of humigreen at that time is really easy. Compost. um, I think we've kind of gone away from gypsum generally Mm -hmm. and I don't know that that's as important as I think we used to kind of fall in line with but uh, but compost and humigreen just lights out. You know, yeah. it gets into that soil. It does so much good stuff for the soil. So that's really what aeration is for. And then thatching is a different process. And, and the other thing that's really interesting is that, like, thatching is not usually a huge deal in cool season grasses because they don't really grow a lot of thatch. Thatching is more of a process that's done regularly in the southern lawns in a warm season grass because they spread by that runner that's stolen 
and it builds a big mat. And if you don't remove that, you have big declines in grass quality and lawn quality. But what we tend to find is that you know doing a thatch on a regular on a regular basis isn't needed here, but there are times where it is needed. And so what a thatching is is it's kind of like um, I don't know the dog comb, the furminator. Yes, you know? yes. it's kind of like that. It pulls out all this stuff that's kind of built up, uh, kind of between the soil level and where the grass really starts to grow, and that can be become very detrimental to the lawn because it doesn't allow water and nutrients to flow through it easily, and it also is a place where the chinch bugs hang out. So if you can remove the thatch layer. Uh, you alleviate a lot of those problems. Really, if you do thatching right, you shouldn't have to do it but one time the entire time that you own that lawn if you're feeding properly. Like something like Humagreen and Thrive on the Lawn on occasion will decrease that thatch. It'll just eat it up and you'll never have to do it again. Yeah, it's like having a compost pile in your lawn yeah. if you're doing it properly. Then yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's decomposing and you don't need to do it. I did have to do it a couple of summer, or a couple of springs ago uh, after heavy snow and I had a yeah. bunch of snow mold and all the grass had like right. packed down on itself and I ended up using I did it wasn't technically thatching but it was ripping all that up and yeah. I used a thatching machine to do it and that worked kind of nicely yeah and the thing about when you do that like the lawn looks horrible yes it does <laughs> my neighbors were commenting they're like Ooh, yeah. what did you do um but I think uh the biggest benefit to thatching is you've taught you've taken out all that stuff you've exposed the soil the if you're going to do a thatching you have to reseed. Like if you don't, it takes longer for the lawn to recover. But if you do, your lawn's going to come back looking amazing, like better than it's ever looked. And that's one of the things like over the years, like if you really like the, I, I think the biggest secret to grass uh, golf courses, having such nice green lawns is reseeding mm -hmm. because the new seed has just a vigor. It has a, a, a youthfulness to it. Um, and you think about it, a lot of the times the grass that's growing there could be growing there for 10, 15 years. That's an old plant. Um, and it's never reseeded. It's just been its thing. It's been doing its thing forever. And getting a new plant in there every now and then is is good for the lawn and just the health of it. Because yeah. uh, they're just going to perform better. So I did notice that when I did. In fact, the thatching machine had a place where I could put grass seed in. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. And so while it was cutting in, it was like yeah. dethatching and then it was a dropping seed. That's awesome. And I just put seed in it thinking, well, I was just doing what I should do. And yeah. my lawn did look amazing after that. Yeah. It, like, I mean, it looked awful right afterwards. But yeah. once it started to come back, it looked fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think it's really which one's going to be the best. What do you need right now if the lawn is thin or if you've got that thatch doesn't matter if it's early spring or late fall or early fall do a thatching it doesn't matter which time of the year it is um, if your issue is compaction spring or fall just do it do the one that's going to do the most good right now uh, because we can grow grass from seed in spring we can grow grass from seed in fall uh, we can relieve compaction allow gas exchange at either of those times as well so just you know, if you need help at Zamzo's, bring a sample of it in and we can, you know, help you figure that out or, you know, call into the show, reach out to us, whatever. And we can help you figure that out. But just that's really where I come out at it. Just don't don't make a hard line. Just do whichever one's best. All right. All right. So we're going to talk about reseeding when we come back awesome. after this quick break. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. 
Hi, I'm Callie Zamzo, here with my friend April. And April, I hear you got a new pet. I gotta see pictures. What did you get? A puppy or a kitten? Actually, I got the cutest little philodendron, and I named him Phil. Here's a picture on my phone. Isn't he adorable? You see, I live in an apartment, and I don't want to pay a pet deposit, so instead, I'm a proud houseplant mom. Well, in that case, I guess I'm a houseplant mom, too. So is little Phil your first houseplant pet? I have lots. Here's a picture of my aloe plant. I named him Alvin. And here's my spider plant. Her name is Charlotte. Oh, and here's my fiddle leaf fig. I named him Charlie Daniels. All adopted at Zamzos? Of course. Zamzos has the best selection of pet houseplants in Idaho. Plus, they have the pots, soils, fertilizers, and everything else I need to be the best plant mom I can be. Sounds like you're off to a wonderful start. Oh, and I want to adopt more houseplants from Zamzos and already have names for them. Let's hear them. Well, I want to get a Dracana named Drake, a Pothos named Poe, ooh, an Azizi plant named JJ, a snake plant named Slytherin, a Chloe. And we're back with the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am the guest host today, Callie Zamzo. I'm here with my um, wonderful partner in crime, uh, Nolan Guthrie. Uh, we're, we're giving him the Grand Inquisition on lawns today. And uh, it's, it's going very well. Thank you so much for the information. I think this has been, I've learned a few things today. Oh, that's good. Maybe I'll stop calling you and like be able to handle them myself now moving <laughs> no. forward. Uh, <laughs> no, you, I've, you can handle lots of things. Uh, and oh, that's nice of you so to say. So I really appreciate you uh, coming up with this format. It's, it's, just, that's it's fun. It's huh? a little different for me. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been on this end of the microphone, I guess. Well, maybe we'll have to do it more often. I Absolutely. Like I'd be fine. happy to. Good. Okay, so this is a pre-recorded uh, show in case you are just tuning in with us here in this fourth segment. Um, so we're not taking calls today, but you are welcome to reach out to us at zamzos.com or on social media, Facebook and Instagram. So Nolan, we ended talking about thatching and aeration. So now let's talk about it's fall, so let's yeah. like, let's once the, all this heat settles down, we're feeding, we do all those things, but our lawn still really is stressed out, and we yeah. need to somehow bring it back, or maybe even we have big bald patches, yeah, or or maybe we have big brown patches, yeah. So what do we do next? What do we do in the fall to help our lawns get back to normal, so that when spring comes, it's going to look good? Yeah. Well, I think you you made a really uh, great point there in uh, you know if you if we've had a bug or a disease or a sprinkler malfunction or something's happened to where we have a bald spot or it's still a brown spot um, you know some of these bugs and diseases and just cultural things that we deal with kill the lawn entirely and what I've found over the years is a lot of times um, people will not reseed and the and the reason is it's not because they're lazy it's because <laughs> they saw the something come in something grew in that place and i think that's where um it's a good point to just mention annual bluegrass because annual bluegrass is an annual grass uh similar to cheatgrass they have a similar life cycle uh cheatgrass in the lawn doesn't last very long because it goes to seed at a much higher height um, but annual bluegrass can go to seed at a much lower height. And that's where, um, over the years, somebody who says, and this is one of the things I would key into when someone was talking to me, they would say, the same spot every year keeps dying mm. in the heat. I said, okay, when did you have grubs? And they'll say, oh, it was three years ago. <laughs> I said, okay, so you had grubs three years ago and it died. Did you reseed? 
I said, no, the grass came back. I said, mm. yes, a grass did come back, but it wasn't the right grass. It was annual bluegrass. Annual bluegrass is in our lawns. Like right now, there is not one lawn in the Treasure Valley that is doesn't have annual bluegrass. Uh, mm. When I was in school, the the greenskeeper uh, instructor said, if it wasn't for annual bluegrass, we would have no grass. Like <laughs> there's, you know, it's something that's around, but it's opportunist. It doesn't take over unless there's an opportunity for it to take over. So okay. when you get that dead patch, uh, there was annual bluegrass there, but it was being outcompeted and not seen because we had other good grass there. Now that it's gone, it's got free rain. And so it grows in and it fills in and the cooler time is where it starts and it goes through the spring and it looks great and as soon as it gets to you know 85 90 degrees it's over that's mm-hmm. the end of its life cycle so the spot keeps coming back every year so i that's you know it took me a while to like kind of like register that um because i think you know we it was like oh okay you say you got a bug sure it's a bug but then i was like yeah we need to do a little more investigation if it's happening every year in the same place Bugs don't stay in one place. Right. They move move around. around. They're going to go over, you know, the only time it would be the same place every year and it wasn't annual bluegrass, it would probably be a malfunctioning sprinkler. But I think you would see that beforehand. Hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. (laughs) So, so I I think reseeding, and I think I mentioned it in the previous segment, uh, but I think that's like the true like secret to like good golf courses. Uh, is that they're constantly reseeding the lawn, always reseeding. Like uh, when I was in school, uh, the that that same instructor, uh, he didn't let us go to the golf course often, but one time he did let us go because he had some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was good because it was still. Um, you know, it was hands-on. So we were getting to learn something. So he had us uh, aerate a green, which is a completely different situation than our lawns. Right. Because a green is, like, built up with tons of sand, and it's just, you know, it's you can't really uh, compare it. But, uh, but after that, you know, it was, you know, reseeding and, you know, taking the plugs and moving them somewhere else and doing this and that and everything. But it was, it was really a matter of reseeding the lawn. And they just he, – he did it multiple times a year Mm -hmm. so as a practice it's good to do you know occasionally we didn't the lawn in our lawns don't have to do it every year multiple times a year but it's something that you should think about doing on occasion uh but when it you have that spot that's died you absolutely have to get new seed in there and that's one of the things like uh when we talk about like crabgrass and goosegrass you know when those area when those grasses really take over and get into a spot it's because something was wrong with that spot they probably had annual bluegrass that's died and now the crabgrass fills it in so the most good again you know going back to what's going to do the most good right now the most good you can do in those situations isn't a chemical it's new seed so like for a while people and I guess I still kind of struggle with this but it's that me wanting to go against the grain sort of thing <laughs> Rebel. Like, you, you know Please you're at me. you're getting towards the end of the year don't go spraying a chemical on your crabgrass it's gonna die right put seed down because when the crabgrass dies the new seed fills it in and now you fix the problem which was you didn't have the right grass there and it will outcompete any of those other grasses if there's no place for the crabgrass to come in next year it, it can't grow it's not going to be able to do it and if it does it's going to be really weak and it's not going to get very tall and you're going to be able to find it and then use less chemical 
in subsequent years to get rid of it. And I think that's one of the things we always want to strive for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Using I, fewer chemicals. You're such a tree hugger. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally with you on that. Okay, so so reseeding. Easy, yeah. hard. What I mean, what what are the basic steps of if I want to reseed? I guess two things. If I want to reseed my whole lawn, yeah. or do I want to, and when I want to fix a patch, those two yeah. things. Okay, yeah. So, um, so for a patch, uh, I think the best thing to do is just clean it out as best you can. You don't have to get in there and rake it. What I typically do is like, I'll just lower the mower as low as I can, you know, to where it's scalping almost, mm-hmm. and just mow that area super, super low. Get as much of it out of there as you can. And then spread your seed out. I would recommend a drop spreader when it's coming to seed because we use a blend and a broadcast spreader throws the seed out. The seeds are different weights. You can end up with a kind of irregular mix. You want it to be homogenous okay. uh, when you spread your seed. So use a drop spreader and then you can use some sort of cover. I years ago found that Humagreen was the best cover for new seed. So I just go back over it again with Humagreen and that holds water, gives it a whole bunch of really small micronutrients that the grass can use right away, won't burn those new seedlings, and it's going to take off, and it's going to do great. And I'm always amazed at how quickly new grass comes in, in yeah. cool weather around here. Yeah, it really when you're, comes back Yeah, quickly. when you're in the right time, like mm-hmm. perennial ryegrass, 10 days. Yeah. Um, if it's a little warmer, you, you can go up to 7. or Keep it, Keeping seven. it moist, obviously. You yeah. don't want it to dry out, but yeah. Right, and that's why the humigreen is so great, because yeah. it holds on to that moisture. So... Um, if you're doing the entire lawn, um, if you're just overseeding, this is one uh, I probably I don't probably have. We probably don't have enough time to go into that one actually because uh, well, you can go to zamzos.com. Yeah, information so, there, right? um, yeah, absolutely. And overseeding is one where uh, I also differ in, uh, from a lot of other people. And we're going to leave it on a cliffhanger here. We are. <laughs> That's okay. Go to but, zamzos.com. And honestly, can... if bottom line is putting seed out is going to be good still go over it with humigreen and you're going to be in good shape thank you for being here today Nolan. Yeah, we thank you for it. doing this i really appreciate uh doing you know the different role here it's fun it's been fun thanks everybody hi this is joss samzo and with some national brands of dog food costing over 90 dollars a bag it's time for every pet owner to take a good look at what you're feeding your dog That's why Zamzo's has been formulating our own line of dog and cat foods dating back to the 1970s. And if you're looking to save money in these tight times, we have a quality pet food for every budget. Our Zamzo's Chunk is a good basic dog food that's better than grocery store pet foods at a better price. Our Zamzo's Pro Sport is for active dogs with 24% protein and 20% fat. Our new Fundamentals line provides excellent nutrition using top quality ingredients But the creme de la creme is and always will be our Grandma Z Super Premium line, which comes in five different formulas, puppy, senior, lamb, chicken and vegetable, and grain-free. So if you want to save money on what you're feeding your dog or cat and feed a better food, come see us at Zamzo's and let us find the fresh local food that's best for your dog. 